All right, let me actually roll the intro while you're looking this up, and oh, let's yeah. go. <laughs> so, hey everyone, happy Friday. Sorry for the long delay. We just bantered a little too long. Uh, this is Digital Catch Rundown, episode 108 already. Been doing this for over two years, and as I mentioned earlier been doing the the a show that was on this channel at least for like six years now and so anyway i'm joined by the one and only carlos cano how's it going man what's up oh good yeah. not uh not as good as peter mccormack is doing lately but pretty good hey <laughs> that's always uh always good to have a nice little in joke there so uh obviously if you're in the oh i already got a an ft super chat he said um I was going to say, if you have my NFT, you can give a super chat, which um, SVN just said sounding good because earlier I had asked, you know, how's the sound? Um, anyway, so we have a good good show. Uh, this is probably the first show where I'm trying to make it about one issue instead of just like throw a couple headlines, even though we're going to go over a bunch of things. So let's just jump right <laughs> into it. Um, Everyone's favorite person, Elizabeth Warren. Um, so Elizabeth Warren, the U.S. Senator, says, like, I'm joining this fight to put our government on the side of working family, whatever commie propaganda she has. It says, and it, as one of her things, says Elizabeth Warren is building an anti-crypto army. So what the hell is that even supposed to mean? Like what's yeah. she what's she trying to elicit there? I don't imagine there being like enough people that hate crypto with passion to make that like your the, the foundation of your of your demographic that you're trying to appeal to, man. It just sounds it just sounds stupid. Yeah, it's it's very strange because it kind of reminds me of when um Bernie Sanders was beefing with deodorant. Um <laughs> because <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, but it was no. uh, he was angry because well because he's Bernie, but he was angry because the free market had produced so many different choices for deodorant. If you want to use deodorant, there's like 800. We don't need that many choices. We should have more money, oh, working fam, whatever. But it, like didn't see that like market choice was a good thing and wasn't that having five different kinds of deodorant in my style that I like is somehow not stealing from working family, just couldn't figure it out. And so I think, um, I don't know, anti-crypto army. Well, first of all, what we're going for here with the message, I guess, who doesn't like crypto? Who of the people, the voters, doesn't like crypto? Probably no one unless you got hurt by FTX or any of those exchanges that went down. So. And even in that case, you would think like that people that got hurt by FTX at some point liked crypto. So I'm, I'm not sure that they are really looking to for an army to go and destroy the whole thing. That means that has to be like something to appeal to her fellow crazy people in the regulation room, right? Yeah, that's that's exactly it. It's um, it it's the whole anti-crypto thing it's not something that any average voters care about, right? Uh, it's something that only a certain amount of people, uh, either it's the crazy, the crazy base, right? The, 
the hardcore political um, core group of supporters, not voter. You can't win election just on those, but it's like getting the radicals to like care about you is by saying, look, look, I'm against this techno bro, like tech bro, kill the environment, unfettered capitalism, scammy stuff. But more importantly, it's a sign towards the people with money, i.e. the people that ironically mm. SBF gave to. It's a sign of saying to the bankers, I'm on your side. You give you give to my campaign, you pull your strings, and I will block as many uh, crypto innovations as I can so you guys can stay in power. That's really what it's about. It just it's crazy that it's being done publicly as part of a campaign and not behind closed doors though that, that, that's a crazy thing because okay like if you're doing it publicly unless you're just very bad at this stuff and you're just making it up as you go you have to you're trying to elicit some kind of public reaction and maybe that's even now that i think about it maybe that's even like trying to get the crypto bros to talk about it and like mm -hmm. send a strong signal of like, okay, these people really don't, these people that we're trying to hurt or choke, um, it's are actually hating on these senators. So yeah, she's got the momentum going. Yeah. Could be like, I, I don't see, even the choice of words, army, army, like, like, like what, what are you supposed to, what's that army supposed to look like in your mind? Because you don't imagine just a bunch of people with guns, right? So you, what do you imagine? Like a bunch of nerds in the basement? <laughs> but like, I mean, honestly, probably a bunch of like IRS agents and SEC fit lawyers and stuff like that. That's the the real answer. But what I guess what she's trying to elicit is like the people's army, people with like signs and stuff saying like, <laughs> aren't coin bad and you know, all that stuff. Uh, which, so I got a... Um, I got a super chat from SVN, which did not doesn't because it's an image, it doesn't show up in the super chat. So I'm just going to throw that up on the screen next. A funny meme about this. Elizabeth Warren is Craig S. Wright. <laughs> is what? Is Craig Wright. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> just, <laughs> which, I mean, I have to say there is a lot of parallel because um, a big hallmark, I would not, not I'm going to be very fair and not say it's a big hallmark of the BSV community, because it's not, but a big hallmark of um, Craig Wright, specifically, is this anti-crypto, pro-regulation, pro-government kind of a thing, which is very strange being as BSV is a crypto, but somehow the only maxis that are into the Bitcoin, not crypto, weird line are the Bitcoin BTC maximalists and somehow the BSV maximalists who are like way down the list, just try to do that but um i think that is kind of funny it's yeah crypto army really quick i don't want to deviate from this but i've been seeing uh -huh. that you interact with the bsv community quite a lot lately um mm. yeah I, I don't want to like go, go in a whole tangent here but i just wanted to ask you like quickly pros and cons of bsv in your in your mind yeah so the pros and cons um the definite pro is the technology is simple and has been around for like 15 years now, kind of like it's based on some like very like I would, I would rudimentary sounds like negative. I don't mean to say it like that, but some very well tested base assumptions. 
The other good right. thing is um, I've always been in favor of on-chain scaling and obviously, and a lot of people now, like for example, Justin Bonds are advocates of on-chain scaling, but are kind of more into like the sharding kind of thing. Like we need to get into sharding and stuff like that. Uh, whereas BSV has handled recently, I think like 40 million transactions in a single day. And I, I get that it's like a, just a couple of nodes. I get that it's a lot of weird spam transactions and stuff. And But just proving the point that you can cram blocks, huge blocks full of stuff and put them out there. It's like a, it's like a, a <laughs> I don't want to be mean, but it's like a, a shitty test net for the rest of crypto, you know, but it's, but, but that's a compliment that you can learn. Oh, look, they show you can do this and like, oh, they've shown we can do this. Um, that's like the bait. And then the other pro is um, basically how Ethereum and the entire crypto space really came out of a bunch of ideas that people wanted to do, but they couldn't do on Bitcoin. And as soon as people got in their head, they didn't need to do it on Bitcoin. There was an explosion in creativity and innovation. And the same thing we kind of see with like, you know, everyone wanted to do stuff on Ethereum, but then it became slow and expensive. And then they were trying other things. BSV has a lot of that same energy of no limits. We'll just do whatever. And a bunch of people are building innovative app or were, I don't know how much today, but we're building innovative things on it because of that. Now, of course, the downsides are, um, I think that it's, it's an insecure protocol because of no hash rate. I think it's, got a lot of limitations that haven't been sort of solved. The biggest limitation is a psychological limitation, which is we can't change and innovate on chain. And I think you need to change and innovate on chain or you're going to die. It's just that simple, right? You need to keep fixing things. You need to keep improving. You need to keep experimenting. And obviously you can keep, you can be conservative in your approach, but you can't just like, right. And, there's a bunch of other weird stuff like um, the whole well, everything like, related to gray right of course. Well, there's that. That's part of BSV, but that's not all of it. But the big thing is um, the whole thing of like where 51% attacks don't exist. It's like, no, come on, dude, they do. And they're like, well, but the main chain, you know, I don't know. A bunch of weird stuff. So there's that. Okay, let's um, hit this next one. This is actually a surprise thing that I just saw as we started um, the show. Bitrix US is shutting down April 30th. So um, April 39th, 29th, 2023 will be the last full day. Customers will be able to withdraw their cryptocurrency. This is also the last day. Customers will have access to their accounts. After this date, new user accounts will be disabled and you remain blah, blah, blah. The Bitrix US platform will fully stop operating at 12 p.m. noon. PDT on April 30th. Wow. So, um, what do you make of this real quick? Might have had some connection issues, but um, let me just tell you what I make of this. This is pretty crazy. Um, Bitrix is one of the bigger, kind of like more established old school exchanges, kind of going dark in the US is kind of a foreshadowing of like, I mean, you just saw um, Elizabeth Warren's whole thing going on, right? That's kind of a sign that there's a lot of big pressures in the US. It's not just current regulators, but there's a lot of pressures to continue on this dark path of regulation. And 
the thing is crypto is going to be okay, right? Crypto is going to be fine. The thing is crypto US-based crypto institutions will not necessarily be fine if they get regulated into oblivion. So I guess what this whole thing is demonstrating here is that um, a lot of companies, let me just hit to this other um, news thing. A lot of companies are definitely um, reevaluating the longevity of their position in the U.S., because, I mean, think about that. If you're going to just run a business in the U.S. and a lot of these exchanges, the thing is the securities angle um, is the one that's really harming a lot of these exchanges because just as a simple fiat on-ramp where people buy crypto and then they can sell it sometimes. Um, <laughs> by the way, Carlos just called me and says, Craig Wright dropped me. <laughs> He's, um, well, I don't think he has that much power, but um, maybe Elizabeth Warren dropped him. That's a different story. Um, but anyway, the, about the that, is, I got dropped. Yeah, no problem. Um, I was just talking about this next one about Bitrix um, shutting down. Bitrix did shutting see, down. Yeah. Did you see that one? Yeah. Um, no, I, I did not. Um, well, I, well, I, I ranted for like a couple minutes. Why don't you you let me know what you think about this? Like. I don't know, like, I'm not an American, so, like, a lot of what's happening in crypto right now is very American, and it does seem like the Bitcoin price has developed some sort of resistance to America-centered issues. Mm -hmm. Like, like at least lately, it does seem like nothing is shaking, yeah, you know, like, whatever you want to say about the price, but it's kind of like the flagship for, like, how's the, what's the overall sentiment? And it doesn't seem to be touched by stuff happening in the US anymore, which is good because they are on a full on war with crypto. Now the following Nick Carter, I, I see that he posts he's been posting a lot about Operation Choke Point this, Operation Choke Point that. You see that there's very clearly a line of attack. I'm curious as an American how do you feel? Because it does seem like America is in more than one way losing its grip on the world. And I'm not sure how good or bad of a thing that is. Yeah. So um, my perspective on that, first of all, um, I'm a little bit different in that because uh, first off, I'm a dual citizen. I'm not a U.S. and Mexican citizen, even though I've been living hmm. in the U.S. for 20 years at least, like uninterrupted. And my, <laughs> my Spanish sucks today. Give me a couple, give me a month back in Mexico, I'll be back. But just because of that doesn't, you know, change the perspective. But also, um, I believe I consider myself a more of an American generally and more of a granite stater as any New Hampshire person, more specifically. And I don't, I honestly do not care for or like or care about the longevity of the U.S. federal government at all. So, like, okay. Because of that, so my person just giving that caveat of like my personal perspective is I love that the dollar's hegemony is collapsing around the world. I love all that stuff. Of course, if it does lead to places like China getting more power in a way that harms people and freedom around the world, of course, I think that's a bad thing. I'm not not being stupid like that. But generally speaking, I, I think it's I view the U.S. government as a hostile actor and not part of me 
like not something that I really support. And so I think it's great. The average American, I think, views things a little differently. But I think that the average American crypto person is probably very frustrated right now. And is basically saying, like, look, other countries are getting the money that should be here. We want to start companies here. But all the money and the talent is going elsewhere. And I think that that's a, a really good, like I just mentioned, with the, like the whole Bittrex thing. I think that the it's so what's happening with is you can run a money services business legally according to the way the, the laws have worked for a while. I don't think they work, but whatever. You you can do that for a while. Um, the problem is these exchanges do not make money, in my opinion. Again, I don't run an exchange, but if I phoned up CZ right now, which I can't because I don't have his number, but if I told him like, look, how much money do you make with people on like connecting their bank account and buying some crypto in or selling it. That's probably a minority of their revenue. Probably most of the revenue comes from, for those who participate in the practice, listing fees for one, but also yeah. from trades between coins. And a lot of traders, like professional speculators, give them a lot in fee revenue. And if most of the assets listed on their platform start to be called securities and they start getting sued by regulators because of they're just doing business, they would like, there's no clarity as far as which asset is not a security. So basically it could be Bitcoin. The government could say Bitcoin's a security. You can't sell it without the year. Now you're being sued for a hundred million dollars or whatever. And so they're Wait, just like, Gensler kind of hinted on going for Ethereum, didn't he? Yeah after the previous SEC administration, as far as I remember as the previous one, had said that Bitcoin and Ethereum are not securities, and specifically right, yeah. had said on Ethereum that maybe it started as a security, but wouldn't be today. And so this is this regulatory uncertainty is like, look, we could start, we could do business anywhere. We're just gonna do it elsewhere. Yeah, uh, but like all that, I'm like I think you're right about like the collapse of the dollar as like the ruling currency and all that. I don't think that like this is one thing that I see people that people kind of get wrong. Um, people attribute this uh, prophetic value to everything that Balaji says, uh, when in my opinion he's very good at describing problems, but he's not that good at like characterizing solutions. When the COVID thing happened, I remember that he was suggesting some things that were pretty off the cuff and were even like a lot worse than what we ended up having to do for, for COVID. And I reckon that's one period, one big part of the whole equation that people ignore. That's just like, okay, he's right about the problem because the problem is based on some evidence. Where do we go to solve this or what's the solution to this? I don't think he's got the anyone's got the capability to come up with that or to predict that. And Bitcoin to one million seems to have a lot of issues that, at least in my mind, do not make it like the best solution if that happens. Yeah. So, what do you think he? How much did he bet on that? I don't remember. Uh, he bet two million. Um, I mean, he put two million on the line. Hmm. I reckon, like, it, it's a it's a very dumb bet if you look at it as a bet in that it's, it can be very easily arbitraged. So 
whatever. I mean, it's uh, he, he's trying to make a point. He's spending two million on a campaign for that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems to be getting all the attention he wants, but I don't think the solution is necessarily Bitcoin to one to one million. Yeah, it's also like an arbitrary number, right? Because one million could be worth very different amounts in the future, right? Like, how about one million bolivars? Well, like I run, I run the cal- calculation, and with the level of inflation that you would experience in, if something like that happened, your purchasing power would not be multiplied by forty, mm-hmm. which is like what he forecasted. It would be more like fifteen. Mm. But even like that, you suddenly have a lot of people that are completely doxed. All their um, on-chain data is very easily traceable and they're new millionaires i just wonder how many people would get kidnapped after that happened Hmm. yeah i don't know i mean the 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 balaji bet i think it's just he's trying to get attention and there's some profit motive out of the attention maybe he just has a big bag of bitcoin and he wants to see how far people the speculation the man this guy's so serious he's putting so much money on the line and then driving up the speculation, and he's going to like dump on everyone and make more than two million. I don't know. I, I don't know a lot of people that are very serious in crypto that take him very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, that that doesn't seem to be the case. At least when I open behind, clo- I mean, when I talk behind closed doors with people that are have been here for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, Let's hit on the Bitcoin skull thing. So anyone who's been around recently has seen this like Bitcoin skull that Greenpeace hired some artist to make a skull with Bitcoin glowing laser eyes with a smokestack coming up. And the artist behind it, um, I mean, I'm not going to read the whole Twitter thread. That'd be a little nuts. But basically, uh, the whole story of this thing was um, just the piece was not meant to be as anti-Bitcoin as people would have thought just to like start kind of a conversation and stuff. And has kind of, um, this is kind of like a, a good summary right here is Greenpeace. Well, well I, I don't agree that what the person is saying, but Greenpeace believes that human ingenuity and innovation will prevail and that a better version of Bitcoin exists in the future that has all the upsides and none of the environmental downsides. Bitcoiners believe that Bitcoin will never change its code unless the existential risk Instead of fighting it, join it, improve from within, yada, 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 all that kind of stuff. So it's basically like a pro-Bitcoin stance after investigating, after making this thing. But like a pro-Bitcoin but anti-environmental damage stance still. But basically, yeah, like the it's kind of funny this skull ended up being just some like dumb kind of Elizabeth Warren style nonsense. And then the Bitcoiners just adopted it. Like, yeah, we're the skull people. And there's just, fucking love it. <laughs> there's just a lot in the middle of all this that like we could be talking about. And so, well, first of all, what do you think of the the skull and the, the thing? Yeah, just of everything. Man, man, there's, a very shade, there's a very cringy shade of Bitcoin maximalist, which is the type of like doesn't, I mean, like, that doesn't believe in climate change or whatever. Yeah, you can say whatever you want about that mm-hmm. um, because people have a lot of opinions. But like, there's this type where like they just go overboard and they're like, "Yeah, let's fucking destroy it, man! Bitcoin mining." Mm-hmm. Um, 
that really seemed to have appealed these kind of people. So it was really it was really funny to see like them becoming like the, the school people and mm-hmm. just like becoming going so crazy about it. Overall, I mean, I, I don't think I, I don't think Greenpeace intended for these to go like that, but I think they get a pretty good. Uh, bang for their buck, man. I don't think they expected so many people to to be talking about this. In that, in that way, that's a huge success for them. Don't you think? Yeah. It, I do think it's it's kind of at the point where um, it's kind of like people... Do you remember when Elon Musk became big? When it wasn't just, oh, there's this guy, PayPal and Tesla and stuff. When he started to become like the cult of personality started to get big, which is gonna be yeah, yeah. fun because i think that's the that's actually like the next next point here but back then then everyone all of a sudden has something to say about him especially when the, the whole twitter stuff came like he's buying twitter oh and then he's look he's tweeting a base thing everyone just wants to like then doge oh my gosh doge everyone gets on like it's the same thing where something like crypto but especially bitcoin because a lot of people are very like crypto so diverse and nuanced and bitcoin in people's minds because of i guess the maximalists and what they push out there is a very like concrete thing people can talk about and like and not like and so people's like bitcoin's yeah. awesome bitcoin's terrible and so now it's a big enough topic of conversation that everyone's just going to get attached to it everyone's going to be like you know i'm like my company is like like what Bitcoin is to finance or, you know, but Bitcoin was to finance. My company is to the fast food industry, <laughs> whatever, whatever they're doing. They're just going to try to jump on onto that clout. And then everyone's going to be like, you know, top 10, like red flags and dating profiles. One, number one, he's a Bitcoin bro. Ooh, like people are just going to like, that is true. Ju- well, they, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I hate to say it. It's probably true. But <laughs> when people like, it's become a thing that people just want to say something about for attention. And so Greenpeace, like, I don't know, they weren't getting attention. So they're like, Bitcoin. And then now they got attention. Uh, Elizabeth Warren wasn't getting attention. So now she's like, and then now like, especially because her whole, sorry to go back to (laughs) story number one, but her whole point was like the anti wall street person. And she's done nothing, nothing to help the every man. And so, especially with all these bank collapses and everything, like just, so in order to keep her brand relevant, she has to like find something else that's like a bigger, more evil capitalist threat. And so she's like, oh, this thing, this is topical. And so you go after this. And that's what crypto is just going to be for a while. This like hot potato, whoop, 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 just throw around. Everyone's talking about it, whether or not they have anything to actually say. You're right, man, because like I, I was listening to this interview with the author of the book Atomic Habits. You know, that, mm-hmm. that book's pretty popular. And one of his marketing strategies was to just try to go after niches that were super passionate about whatever they were about. So mm-hmm. he would go after Bitcoiners, he would go after vegans, he would go after like um, CrossFit dudes, you know, people that, that just don't seem to fucking shut up about whatever they're into. Mm-hmm. And it really pan out for him because, like, when you do something for those circles, they just like cannot stop talking about it because it's the new thing in their world. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there are a few things like that, but Bitcoin is very easy for like these political movements because it represents money and it represents your 
ability to transact freely. It also represents like a lot of bad things like speculation, gambling. It's it's really, really attractive. Yeah. I think if I was a politician, I would be talking about Bitcoin for sure. Well, you, you see this Bukele guy, mm-hmm. like who in the world knew the name of El Salvador's president? Yeah. Ever. How many, like usually a big sign of stay the hell away from this country is anything related to dictatorship and sending and amending the constitution to like to stay in power longer and sending armed people into the legislature, those kinds of things. But when you become laser eyed Bitcoin bro, all of a sudden people are willing to forgive all that. And they're just all jumping in. All it, of that. It, it's, it's kind of a funny lightning rod. Um, Hilawi had a, uh, what is it? A, a super chat thing here about the sec. He says, I think Gensler is trying to make sure the big banks control buying and selling and custody of crypto like they do with other commodity stocks and bonds. Eventually, I speculate his goal is to make self-custody as difficult as possible for the regular person. Yes. I think yes. What do you think? Rollout of CBDC, I think, is priority number one there. Mm -hmm. And they they somehow do not want the, I don't know, like in my mind, they sort of do not want the CBDC to be like an alert for everyone to just go jump into self-custody. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah, they making it hard is the problem. But I think this is going to be one of those cases where like by censoring something, you empower it and you make it more popular. Mm-hmm. I, I really think the way they're doing this is not going to pan out for them. Of course. When they roll out the CBDC. Yeah, I think that this is um, also the SEC was created to, I guess, regulate or, you know, screw around with a lot of um, like the trade of assets and things like that. And there's these things called cryptos or tokens or whatever that are not securities. They're just something else and don't apply. And so I think the SEC is struggling to see the whole world of what they used like no one's going to do a regulated security with in decentralized crypto now because why why would what just do easier you know fewer requirements etc there's gonna be very few regulated securities so they're trying to be like no 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 we still control everything but the problem is they're struggling to come up with arguments as to why they have the legal authority to control everything so they're in this weird position where they're trying to like Oh, we're not telling you, but we're not saying specifically, but like we're still suing projects, but we're not telling on which rules they broke because we won't tell them what the rules are. And they're in this weird little zone where they're trying to just wait until they can find out a good strategy to go and that allows them to cast this big net and just collect everything. But yeah, they're going to be remember when Remember when we were in the deep bear market and people thought like, tokenized securities were going to be the next big thing mm-hmm. that now okay forget about the ico craziness now you're just gonna go issue a security on the blockchain like like anyone that's running a crypto project wants to go through that mm-hmm. that was so not gonna happen it's insane uh let's switch to these last couple things in the last couple minutes um first of all yeah ignore the picture but elon musk joins hundreds calling for a six month pause on ai development in an open letter so we've known elon musk has been 
critical of AI for a while, or, or not critical, but like scared of where it could go. And so he's right. Yeah. Basically, they join hundreds, causing an open letter to, or we could face profound risks to society and humanity. Um, real quick, you <laughs> thought on this one, real quick, man. Um, I think it's good they're putting a handbrake on this thing now. I think like GPT-4 is nowhere close, like a real intelligence. But I don't know, why not think about it? I don't think it's it's too complex a topic to like, you know, like condense, but I don't really feel like people are going to to listen to this. Like if anything, you're just gonna be giving a head start to people that want to use it for or they just want to jailbreak it yeah so i don't see i don't see no stop to this right now yeah that's that's the thing um elon understands a lot of things very well he's i mean it's a really unoriginal take to say he's quite intelligent and thoughtful <laughs> however i i don't think he understands enough about the way the free market works to understand that as soon as you try to like if the demand is there, the supply will be there. If people people want this tool, they're going to keep building on it because it's powerful. Someone's going to build on it. If you try to stop it here, whoop, it all goes somewhere else. And then people who might not have the best interests of the human race at heart or who might be reckless will be the ones developing and controlling all this. So I, like, I, I'm not super... I'm not smart enough to fully understand all the ins and outs of AI and what could possibly happen. But I do understand that if this goes wrong, humanity could be obsoleted or more importantly, an AI could like, we saw what Bing did when Bing lost his shit at everyone. Like what if Bing has nuclear codes? Just nuke and though, like I understand what I would say. This is like nuclear energy and weapons where, you can't just say no to it, but you got to be really careful at how you do it, or you could erase the human species. So uh, the thing is, I don't think the right solution here is just saying, no, we can't, everyone stop, let's think about it. It's like, no, how about everyone push forward, but you got to make sure you're developing safeguards and understandings and things like that faster than, you're, than everyone else is just developing capability. So I would be like a more of an AI re reprioritization, but you can't stop it. You can't start stopping it or you can't try. That's not how the world works. That's really tricky, man, because like, how do you, okay, you can develop like safeguards. How do you make sure that other people put them in place or like take them into consideration? or don't develop their own thing? I guess like at this point, AI is the kind of thing where like it's a big, to to niche where like it's not like you can have a single person developing it their own like mm -hmm. you basically need a corporation and that's very hard to have flying under the radar but once this things become smart enough to teach people how to create more of them who knows yeah well that's final elon point and then we wrap it up um he tweeted out um Algorithm goes open source at noon Pacific time. So I assume that means the Twitter, the Twitter algorithm and noon Pacific time is like an hour ago almost. 
So, oh, really? Did it already go live? I mean, this sounds like what he's saying. Um, let me see. Let me just look up real quick. Um, I mean, if the algorithm went live, that means they finally clean it up of all the bullshit and people are now going to scrutinize yeah. it. Well, Elon is in the spaces right now, so it does seem like it's happening. Twitter yes. Open Source Spaces me, discussion happening right it, now. Put it oh, right there. And right below it, there's the algorithm in GitHub, yeah. Yep. GitHub to recommendation source code algorithm available to all on GitHub, which is, I gotta say, fantastic. Uh, I love open source technology. Is <laughs> clearly <laughs> being on this, you know, running shit, being in in crypto. Obviously, I don't know what the profit model for Twitter is to allow because Twitter's I think is a really good idea. Like I think that as far as all the social medias, Twitter's my favorite, and letting others easily compete with it. I don't know how that's going to work out profitability wise, but it's, I don't know. It's nice. It's nice to see. It's nice to see some, I mean, who would have thought right in the beginning, like right in 2020 or so when social media censorship was at an all time high and everything was looking bad and all this kind of stuff. Hey, guess what? In three short years, Elon Musk is going to buy Twitter and open source the algorithm. People would be like, get out of here. What are you talking about? But it happened. Dude, since, since Elon bought this thing, do you like Twitter more or less? Um, well, in your personal experience, using the app, maybe besides like the whole story. I find that hard to answer. I think I would, let's just say I like it more because I would say, I would say I like it more as well. Yeah. Because there's some things I have not liked it more. It's broken a lot more. My Twitter spaces experience is broken in the middle of spaces. It's annoyed me. Uh, there's been a few things like the whole Twitter blue thingy. Cause I've never been a blue user in the past and now it's becoming harder to not be. But then also I did try <laughs> it for some other account that I support. I tried to do that and it just, they never gave the check mark. They just took my money and stuff. And I'm like, <sighs> so I, that was when they're figuring it out. That was like right in the beginning. So a lot of this chaos has not been good, but on the whole, I think it's been better. So yeah, I mean, especially because now it's open source. Some people are going to look at it and be like, I don't like that. This is, we should do things differently. And they'll just tweet at them. We'll be like, okay, it seems reasonable. And they'll just change it. <laughs> be like, Oh wow. Everything got better. All right, time to wrap this thing up. It's shill o'clock. What are you going to shill? Okay. Shill everything you want. What am I going to shill? I'm going to shill, I would say, just my Twitter, man. Get people go follow me on Twitter, Carlos, C-A-N-C-A-B. Um, jump on there. I'll, I, I never tweet, but it's nice to see new followers. So, yeah, shilling that. Yep. All right. Carlos Kincab. So, yeah, follow him on Twitter. He doesn't tweet enough, but I'll shame him into it. Did you buy Twitter yet? Buy the, the premium yet? I have not. Maybe if I did, I would be using it more because I forced myself to buy ChatGPT in order to use it more, and I have. So I mm. think I'll do the same thing. Yeah. All right, cool. Thanks very much for being on. Um, have a happy weekend. Thank Thanks everyone for watching. It's the Dash Podcast next with a Dash Incubator with a lot of cool development stuff. So that'll be fun to watch. Everyone else, have a great weekend. I'll see you guys next week. And peace out.